Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who would never give up his life-size wooden cigar store Indian, my rustic friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Uh, you know, I hurt my back. I'm a little not in great shape today. Uh, I, I think I solved my problem, though. I ate a bunch of ice cream after dinner today, so that should help my back uh, quite a bit. And I would not give up my wooden cigar store Indian <laughs> life-size edition. I'm going to keep that thing. Not give it to Peter Parker. I really enjoy watching the tiny house hunters. I've had this <laughs> dream of being in a tiny house and... My friends and family will say, you can't go to a tiny house because you want this and this and this and this. And I always think, I don't know. I'd be willing to give up a lot of things and not have to deal with all these other things. So I wanted to tell you a quick story because I don't usually do this. But all right, back when I was a younger James B. Uh, in the college age, I was moving from my college off-campus apartment to where I was going to move out of state, like, you know, 100 miles away. And... I had this oversized large album cover of the band Poison, and it was for an album called uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In, I believe is how you say it. Okay. And it was a five foot by five foot album album cover, and it was on like a very thick, uh, it wasn't quite tiles or plywood, but it was, it was a thick material that you... You know, like it wasn't like made of cardboard. You couldn't roll it up. This doesn't go into like your average car very well. Correct. It's a five by five. I think I was throwing garbage away at the dumpster at our apartment complex and I saw it there because you can't really throw this thing away. And I think I just dragged it back to my college dorm house. And then a couple of years later, I think I just had to drag it back out and uh, always regret that one. I would have definitely given that one to uh, Peter Parker, but I don't think that makes sense to our listeners until I explain what happens in the story. So, Eddie, from December of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man 163 in All the Kingpin's Men by Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. Uh, Spidey's chilling on the top of a car as it heads down the freeway. When he sees a helicopter claw up a truck. And I can only describe this like you're at an arcade in the claw machine, which grabs things, which I never win any prizes at. That's kind of how this helicopter functions with the truck. Uh, Spidey webs onto the whirly bird and tries to stop a gang of purple-clad jetpack baddies, but finds himself falling with the truck. Thankfully, he webs up a new creation to save himself. Uh, you know what this web creation reminds me of? And did you see it, James B.? Yes, I, I saw it. I read the book. <laughs> um, he webs himself into like a ball. Uh, you know, like he puts it like cocoons himself. Uh, and then it bounces along. I'm going to go with Slinky. It, you know what this reminds me of, uh, actually, is in Indiana Jones, when he gets blown up and he's in the um, refrigerator <laughs> with the nuclear bomb. And it, like, rolls and tumbles like crazy. And, and Harrison Ford kind of falls out of the fridge. Because <laughs> how is he surviving this in a web ball, this kind of fall? It's a huge fall. The truck is totally destroyed, but he manages it. So. It's a it's a web creation. Like what? True, Eddie. Did you notice that the uh, that the baddies um, yeah sort of have names? Uh, they're referred to as like number seventy two. Please report immediately. Right? Yes, that's exactly right. Now, my question for you is, uh, giving you an opportunity to fail once again at pop culture type topics, uh, <laughs> do you know what these guys' uh, names remind me of? Since they're calling each other number twelve, number fourteen, come here, number ten. 
are we talking about Star Trek here, like Next Generation or something like that? Number uh, no, one. the answer. <laughs> the answer I was looking for would be Squid Game. Oh. Uh, in, in Squid Game, all the characters are just referred to by numbers. But we're getting way sidetracked for how we yeah, usually we... are. So please, uh, we're, barely... almost, we're almost five minutes in. we got to keep going here, Eddie. <laughs> Barely through. Uh, well, as the battered Peter gets home, he is stunned by a surprise party Gloria and MJ planned for him. Woohoo! His apartment has been fully furnished with upcycled objects, from the people attending, uh, James B. You've said already the you know full size Indian statue in this uh, episode. Is that your favorite part of Peter's new decor? I'm gonna go with he has a a, a kerosene lamp on his <laughs> uh, on his wooden I guess that we now consider a table. Uh, I, I like having a kerosene lamp as like, hey, don't forget to light your kerosene lamp. <laughs> That's a pretty good pick. I really enjoyed the the curtains actually on the window with mm. gigantic uh, roses. <laughs> it's a bold statement, uh, but this is a colorful room, so I think they work well. Excellent. Well, the party ends up being a, a downer for Peter, so he heads out to clear his mind with some web slinging. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna skip over the whole party, Eddie. This is where, <laughs> this is where all the juicy stuff is. It's been a bit, but uh, do you want to go ahead and let everyone know if you remember what segment I, I'm looking to discuss? I is it time that we return to the ladies of Peter Parker's life? Eddie, it is time for that segment, but one problem we have is that you always change the name of the segment. Like, every time you say it, you say it a different way. Perhaps we should look into this idea further. Yeah, okay. I'll play you the previous times you've said this, and you can see it's different every single time. Well, I I think, James B., it's time for another special edition of The Complicated Relationships of Peter Parker. And here's another one. And now we are bringing back another segment from our past. It's time for the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life. So, yes, we're going to do the segment, but we need to be more consistent on the name. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay, Eddie, why don't you officially launch our segment for today? Time that we return to the ladies of Peter Parker's life. Eddie, he's on the roof. And, and one panel, Eddie, he says, my love life. What a joke. I never have had much luck with the opposite sex, have I? Betty Brant is married to Ned Leeds and living in Paris now. Gwen Stacy is many months dead, murdered by the Green Goblin. And Mary Jane Watson is, is, is what? Just exactly what is our relationship anyway? How does MJ feel about me? And more importantly, how do I feel about her? Are we really right for uh, someone else is on the roof? Uh, maybe it's Mary Jane. She finally noticed my absence and came looking for me, which is the perfect time to discuss our O. And then he looks over and it's 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 not them. It's actually Harry. And he's like, somehow it's really peaceful, isn't it up here, Liz? And Liz is like, it's peaceful for me anywhere, Harry. So long as I'm with you. So, Eddie, in in three panels, Betty Brant, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane Watson, and Liz Allen, and you're just going to move on with the story? Oh, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Oh, I, what was I thinking? It's very poor summarizing. I'm glad you could slow us down there and really update us. Great job, Eddie. What was this segment called again? The Ladies of Peter Parker's Life, James B.
But, um, you know, I tried to go on here and I was interrupted by the narrator saying the next 24 hours are rather hectic ones for our wall crawling wonder. But when the sun sets once more on the unpleasantly polluted Isle of Manhattan, um, this is this is dramatically displayed in the new Spider-Man book. Um, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Should we go and read it right now? Yeah, hold on. I, I saw this too. So in the middle of The Amazing Spider-Man 163, right yes. in the middle, it stops and says, hey, the next 24 hours are busy. Go read another book. Not to find out what we're talking about, blah, 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 look at another book, or more action for this character appears in blah. It's saying, stop what you're doing, go buy a different book, read it, and then come back here. Eddie, we're not going to stop our book and read another book. But... Since we do have Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man now on sale, Eddie, and we are doing Let's Read Spider-Man, we're going to have to start reporting on that book. Okay. Um, apparently the next podcast. So we might be a little off for the moment, but I'm not going to start a book in the middle of a book. That's just a little, little too All much. All right. We, we can't let Spider-Man get away with any action <laughs> that's not covered by us. So. Well, yeah, and also we know he's fine because literally the next panel, it just, it just says like 24 <laughs> hours later. So I... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't have a broken arm. He doesn't have a cold. Nope. Well, <laughs> nope. Looks good. Uh, so 24 hours pass in Spectacular Spider-Man. And now in this book, Spidey swings over to an old movie studio where he finds and battles the Kingpin. Uh, the battle is lopsided with Spidey being knocked out by the Kingpin and awaking, awaking attached to a machine which is wired to the... Kingpin's son's body. Um, I really uh, like the the dramatic ending here. It was quite unexpected, James B. I didn't know what to do here. I, I will say, by the way, real quick, that uh, Spider-Man, you know, when he's battling the Kingpin, uh, a frame before this, before he gets taken out, he gets hit by an entire crate, like Kingpin, a giant crate, smashes all over Spider-Man, no problem. And yes. then, of course, boom. Gets finished off by, by by what Eddie? What again? Um, the one oh thousandth time. I could just put in a sound effect here, and we won't. Even, right. We won't even talk about it anymore. Everyone knows what it is. But I was like, "Come on, man!" So yeah, so Spider Man's just strapped in there. This uh, Vita Vita Life or something like that. It's got some kind of name. Basically, it sounds like a life drain machine. So yeah, well, don't leave me hanging. We need to know what happens to him, James B. From January of 1978, The Amazing Spider-Man 164, Deadline, by Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. With his infinite resources, the Kingpin has preserved his son's body and built a machine which will bring him back to life. Vanessa briefly questions the Kingpin's motives, but he dismisses her and throws the switch. Spidey is zapped, and the former schemer is brought back to life. Incredible. Yeah, I'm not really sure it's incredible. Because, um, you know, he's not dead, actually. You know, we, I thought, I didn't think he was dead in the first place, but then it sounded like he got killed in another book. But apparently he's only mostly dead. I, I Did guess you catch so. that? I, they said he's not dead. Dying in my arms. Spider-Man and the, my command, Richard was placed in cryogenic suspended animation. Mm. 
See, he's not really dead. The ki- I just right. want to be clear. The kingpin doesn't have the ability to bring his dead son to life. Oh, I got that's all like excited. A, <laughs> that's like a Marvel team-up level story. This is the amazing Spider-Man. You have to just be mostly dead. And it says here, the Vita Drain. This bizarre <laughs> mechanism. Eddie, I have a question for you. What is more impressive, Hammerhead's scientific knowledge or the Kingpin's? Well, I don't think the Kingpin makes an argument that he developed this machine. He just, he paid a lot of people to create the machine. He says, I have infinite resources. So uh, the as opposed to Hammerhead, who is like, able to figure out a, you know, atomic neuralizer better than Doc Ock to bring himself back to life. Um, uh, Hammerhead has somehow has far more scientific knowledge than the Kingpin, but the Kingpin's just very wealthy. So. Well said, Eddie. Well said. Well, please continue <laughs> with your summary. Uh, Spidey wobbles out of the machine and the Kingpin mockingly lets him go free, knowing he only has six hours to live before... He will die. Spidey briefly returns to his apartment where Gloria tries to help, but Peter soon realizes only his friend, Doc Connors, can help him. Once at the good doctor's lab, Spidey is zapped by an innervator, that's a Doc Connors invention there, to rejuvenate what little life he has left and equipped with a device that will suck his life force back from Richard, the kingpin's son. And save him? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, he... Mm. Anyway, uh, what... Hey, you know, you know, Eddie, I'm talking of Doc Connors, he gets caught in a bit of an explosion here. He does. And does the uh, whole uh, stares at hand, not now, warning that he could change into the lizard, but he does not. But they're letting the reader know he's it's coming. I'm not sure this actually, like, works. Uh, it, you know? Well, it brings Spider-Man out of his wobbly state. He's very wobbly yeah. until he gets energized. Unfortunately, it really doesn't last very long. I mean, he barely gets to the king, the Kingpin's son. I will tell you, when he, he has a little, like, how we call this, like a crossbow with a suction cup on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he is, like on top of this thing and and we'll come to find out what happens here um he shoots it at the kingpin son from an extreme distance that i think even the punisher would have a lot of trouble with so he picked a couple things up from the punisher there right and and he you know and when he he hits this kid it's sort of like your your daughter walks in and hits you with like a dart gun with a suction cup on it. It just sort of like hits the top of your head. It's like a little itty bitty thing, right? Yes. Yes, and exactly. It's small. It's, it's, I mean, it's like a eight inches long, one inch thick, little tiny little thing. And he hits him. And I thought like, well, that didn't do anything, <laughs> but apparently it did everything, right? Yeah, well, let me finish the summary here, James B. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It's sort of losing track of what <laughs> it's, it's nothing, true. It's, it's nothing really seems to steal his power. All right, just, just finish the story for a second. Uh, well, as stated, Spidey catches up to Kingpin and his son at the Brooklyn Dockyards. And with his Punisher-like aim, it hits Richard squarely in the forehead, 
and immediately regains his life force. The Kingpin blows a gasket and savagely attacks Spider-Man. They battle until both fall into the Hudson, where only Spidey emerges. Uh, Vanessa calls off her gang and takes a still-living Richard home while Spidey wishes the best for the remaining members of Kingpin's family. Yeah, Vanessa's like, hey, you know, if it wasn't for you, my kid wouldn't be alive, so whatever. Also, they call her Mrs. K. Yes, that is weird. Her name is Mrs. Kingpin. (sighs) This is almost as upsetting for me as when the narrator refers to, like, me as Tiger, or anyone else gets Tiger besides MJ calling Peter Tiger. I really don't like that, so. Oh, I think think there's a... I think our next podcast is going to be a point where <laughs> where MJ calls two people tiger at the same time. Oh, so geez. listeners get ready for that moment. Um, actually it's a good segue because MJ does it when she sees Gloria Grant, I believe with uh, Peter and she says something yes. like, Hey tigers, what's up? And I want to talk about Gloria Grant. Sure. I have no problem with Gloria Grant. Boy, she has inserted herself into Peter Parker's life really fast and Quite a bit. It's it's getting a little forced, in my opinion. Am I being too harsh? You, you, you can correct me. I've been wrong you know, already once today. I, I think she's... They're good friends and neighbors. And, you know, it's not unreasonable to ask your friends for help. She's looking for a job. And, you know, she... Peter just helps her out here. <laughs> she's in his apartment all the time he has, he'll be sitting on the floor by himself and she walks in, she's cooking food. She's unemployed and she's looking, you know, she's making food for this guy and hanging out there all the time. You know, she's gonna, she's gonna be lighting herself in his apartment when he's not around. I mean, it's just, and the fact that every book we seem to run into, she's like a main character and she's not even a love interest, at least to anybody I know True. at this time. So she's just around a lot. So I'd like to see her appearing as often as Liz, not, all the time, but she's probably filling some role. And, you know, we do love all the side characters in these books. So I'm okay. I just wanted to point out that if she's, if she overstays her welcome, I called it here in 160, 164. <laughs> all right. All right. Good lot. to know. So Eddie, anything else? Um, you know, can you just, can you just do me one favor? Sure. Just for the listeners here. We we're, we're very efficient. Could you just explain to me, in the book we just talked about, yes. 164, can you just give me one more time in a minute the play-by-play of Spider-Man and the life force and how that all worked? Could you just summarize it without reading anything? Well, he had it. Do you mean he had his life force drained out of him initially? Okay. By the all right. Kingpins. All, all, not all of it, though, right? Right. Not all of it. He was still alive. He only had six hours left. The Kingpin was like, "Ha! Throw him out. He's not going to okay. live long, anyways." All right. So he had six hours. Got it. Yeah. Okay. He goes to Doc Connors. Yep. He gets rejuvenated, which I think, I mean, they seem to stick to the six-hour time limit, but he's much more lively for many of those hours. <laughs> so he's, he, just a, he's still going to die, but he's stronger. Yes, lively. And he goes looking for Kingpin. And um, he actually, I, I think his spider sense is able to identify where uh, Richard is because they have the same life force or something. So... He finds him, and with his little crossbow, suction cup, life force rejuvenator, <laughs> he gets him square in the forehead, and 
there is no sound effect hardly at all for this. There's just a thwack. I mean, right. He hits him. He hits him in the pan on the last panel. It says, Richard, he goes, uh, he goes thwack. Right. Yeah. And then the Spider-Man like hold on to this, like another suction cup on his own head. And he says, I just need a moment to take the energy back. Yeah. Or does he, what does he do? Eddie? And then he I, hits him. I thought there was going to be a full page spread of like this kind of thing. Yeah. But um, the next panel is Spidey throwing the device behind him. And he's like, sorry to interrupt your conversation. Whoa. <laughs> so it took, it's the Vita drain had to be hooked up with Spider-Man. He flipped a switch it electrocuted him. He turned up the power to 11, you know, and then less. <laughs> this thing here that Connors make, Connors can just one, a one second smack, he can take your life from you. That's Doc, it. Doc Connors is seriously the best scientist <laughs> in all of Spider-Man. Everything. There you go. Yeah. Everything. He's, he is number one. Number one. I'd say number one with a bullet, but that would take... No, it's just terrible. Terrible fun. <laughs> Number one with the with the suction cup, I should say. <laughs> All right. Thank you for clearing that up with me. Uh, yeah, no problem. Did you see who's coming up next book? Or I did, but I remind me, James B. Stegron's gonna be coming back. Oh. <laughs> and it's a very special issue for me, and we'll talk about it in our next podcast. Actually, we have to do the Marvel uh what you call the Spectacular Spider Man now, so you have to wait a week, listeners, to hear uh, the Stegron book, because that huh. 165 will do uh, 165, 166 then. But I was just getting ready to close, and I realized we did not have a sponsor. That's why this podcast seems so short. I was going to say, James B., we, how are we going to get this one out there without a sponsor to help us out? Well, I do have a, a short sponsor, Eddie. Okay. Um, Eddie, when it comes to cell phones, you and your wife probably have a family plan. Uh, does your daughter, your older daughter at least, have a phone? Is she on your plan? Uh, she she does. She is on our plan. Great. Well, this might be an opportunity for you to do something with those phones because this is a very special phone carrier now. See, now from Verizon Mobile comes a family plan of a different kind. The Verizon Vita Drain allows you to steal life energy from little ones and give it to older people on your plan so they can use it. No need for big machines, by the way. We've seen that, you know, people like Doc Connors can get things into a suction cup. Well, this can all just be done simply by holding a cell phone. And what self-respecting teenager isn't just carrying one around? Remember, with the Verizon Vitadrain, you can now live the dream. Or someone else's, like, your kid's dream. So, so if I'm like, uh, yeah, Grandpa's going to take you to get some ice cream. And they're like, Grandpa wants to take a nap. I just am like, all right, all right, send him some... Uh send him some power and you push a button that could cl clean up your back and then when you eat your ice cream it won't just be because your back hurts like it was today <laughs> it will be because you're celebrating that your back feels great all right well i mean that sounds pretty good for the person receiving the power but uh, you know what about the young person are they losing hours off their life think think of it this way think of it this way how how good are you going to really be in the late 80s, early 90s of your life? Wouldn't you be willing to give up that garbage year to make someone else have a better year? You know what I mean? Like, think of it that way. I like how I am making the decision for the the child in this one. Uh, you, uh, this sounds unethical, James B. I'm sorry. I just... 
you don't have to use this. I mean, it's Verizon. You know, you can just switch to Verizon Mobile and just not activate the Vitagen. But it's good. It's like, hey, it's good to have it there if you need it. The big cell. Right? It's big cell. You know, yeah. If I accidentally like trip over it, it, what if it just keeps going? Oh, this sounds. Every second I think about this, the sponsor well, sounds it, worse. It, it could work the opposite way. Let's pretend you're uh, <laughs> swimming with your daughter at the lake and you feel like you're going to drown. Um, you know, someone could say to your wife, Mrs. H, I'm going to just drain everything out of Eddie and <laughs> suck it over to her. And she'd be like, hey, thanks for the life. <laughs> as long as my daughter's safe, I'm happy. Boom. Maybe give it to her. Your daughter could go back wow. and have some more energy to pass it around. That's Think a, about this. That's a kingpin light thought, like thought there. No, it's Verizon, <laughs> Eddie. Verizon. Uh, All right, Eddie. Well. If people wanted to discuss uh, either what happened in this book or I don't know whatever they want to talk about, my giant poison uh, five yeah, by five right. feet uh, cover album. Um, how could they reach us? Uh, you could email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail or you can find us on Twitter at let's read spidey. Hey, you know what I was thinking about, Eddie? What, James B? I think it's hard to talk to people on Twitter unless you're already following them. So I was always thinking, our listeners could be like, I'm going to send them a tweet. You actually have to have Twitter. And, True. And you have to probably be like following us. And what if I'm not following you back? I mean, I'm pretty good. I think I follow back. I, I'm sure I'm over 90% follow back. But if somebody just follows me and I don't notice it and there's like a small person with like, you know, it's, it's hard to know. You should You should definitely go email first. Yeah. Just, just a suggestion. It's easy to get a hold of us through email. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a very casual uh, kind of podcast, but we should have a casual close. So, uh, Eddie, I think it's time for the close. What do you think? I- I'm ready, James B. All right. Well, I'm James B, joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you have a mostly empty bottle of glitter glue, an extra paper shredder, leftover duct of Christmas sprinkles, some extension cords without the grounding third plug, a broken conducting baton. Or unused camera film still in its tube. You can give it to Peter Parker. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, what'd you think of this book or books? Uh, you know, I I like them mostly. I one thing I thought that was kind of interesting at the beginning of 163, Spider-Man is you know attached to this helicopter and they go to release the truck that they're carrying and Spider-Man's gonna fall with it and the Kingpin slaps the guy that's releasing him and says, "If Spider-Man dies, so do you." And I'm like, uh, oh, you know, I, and I thought. Oh, this has got to be like, you know, because I'm going to kill Spider-Man myself. You know, that's what the Kingpin's thinking. But then it turns out like the Kingpin had a real purpose to like keep Spider-Man alive, which I think is pretty rare. He needed him to rejuvenate his son. Unfortunately, then later the uh, the Kingpin's like, don't shoot him. I'll finish him off with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to like the same old, you know, nobody can kill Spider-Man except for whoever the, the bad guy is in the book. So, Yeah, but I was thinking it's the kind of thing like when Vanessa comes in and she's like, are you so certain he wants to be revived? If it's a cost of revival, is someone else's life? And Spider-Man's like, <laughs> yeah, listen to her. And then 
He's like, he would want that. And she's like, okay, nothing more to be said. And she walks away. Bloop. <laughs> see you, Spidey. Yeah. So like, I, I felt like maybe there's just an up and down of like, I don't know when people are like being serious or when they're joking or, and, uh, but yeah, that was a great point you brought up. I did read that too. I was also confused too, but. He really needed him until he didn't need him. <laughs> yeah. The Kingpin's got this whole setup, right? Yeah. And Spider-Man's trapped in there and. He's got all these little suction cups sticking on him. And he says to the guy, yes, number 12. This is the moment I have lived for for far too long a time. Activate the Vita Drain now. And did you see what number 12 has to do? Uh, he pushes a button, right? <laughs> he actually like flips like a, like a light switch, like click. A really like telegraphed kind of poke of the button with his finger too. <laughs> yes, yes. The fact that he's sitting there like you're in this chair and he's like activate in his, the vita yeah in his purple jumpsuit with his helmet on too <laughs> you know he's these guys are outfitted for what they need to do well he has to recognize he's that's number 12 <laughs> 12 hey, has that you know. how do you how do you feel about kingpin taking out spider-man i mean when they were fighting spider-man was he was outfought here i think spider-man in our next podcast it's going to fight like three chumpy villains and two of them are going to defeat Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't like this. He's beaten by everyone. He got beaten by a guy named Joe Eddie. So after that. I want the I want the Spider-Man that heals as he's being punched. He's like, I'm going to take a break here <laughs> while I'm getting beat up. Well, I think, <sighs> I think the Ditko days are, and Lee days are, are, are long gone. So sorry. Sorry, Eddie. All right.